0: Could you argue that biblically that authority is something that's shared? It's certainly shared with God as a subset, a derived authority. But is it then shared with the church, whether we're talking about the nature of congregational churches or even just a plurality of leaders or levels of accountability, Uh, but then even arguably authority would be submitted, that we would be submitting to one another as to the Lord. You see this in almost every dynamic in in the biblical dynamic of human relationships, and you just assume that would be the case between brothers and sisters in the church,
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the CPT Podcast. I'm Zach Wagner. Today we are hosting a conversation between two CPT fellows. The first is Joel Lawrence, who is the executive director of the CPT and also served on the faculty at Bethel Seminary, as well as the senior pastor at Central Baptist Church in St. Paul, Minnesota for years before coming on staff at the CPT. And our second guest is Pastor Mickey Klink, who served on the faculty at Talbot Seminary as well as Biola University and is now a senior pastor near Rockford, Illinois. Uh, We are talking with Joel and with Mickey today about power and the pastorate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the CPT Podcast. I am joined today by CPT Executive Director Joel Lawrence. Joel, hello. Hello. Good to be with you guys today. Yeah, good to have you. You're uh, um, sometimes host, regular regular guest, and uh, partner on the podcast, I suppose. And we're joined uh, today by... um, uh, n- another one of our CPT fellows, Mickey Klink. Uh, Mickey, can you just really, really briefly introduce yourself and uh, say where you're serving?
0: Yeah, good to be with you guys. Mickey Clink from Hope Evangelical Free Church in Roscoe, Illinois. Been part of the CPT uh, for about a decade and glad to be with you today.
1: Yeah. And uh, Mickey, you have also been on the podcast before. We um, did one of our Becoming a Pastor Theologian episodes with you where we talked about kind of your journey from um, serving in the academy and uh, ministering in that context for a long time and then to full-time pastoral ministry. So anyone who's interested to get to know Mickey a little more, we can go back and uh, check that episode out. Um, But what we're together today to talk about is we recently, um, just this past week, at least when we're recording this, Uh, launched one of our new uh, themes on the CPT website, pastortheologians.com. And the title for this theme is Not So With You, Reflections on Power, the Pastorate, and Life in the Church. And um, the idea behind these articles and and different conversations that we're going to be putting out and we have already put out is um, kind of Digging into uh, a little bit um this concept of power and uh in particular in particular uh power and power dynamics in in the life of the church and this is precipitated i, I think it's fair to say largely by i think what you could arguably say is a it's a crisis of of power or misuses of power or um uh a, a lot of questions around the concept of power um, in in evangelicalism in in the church and pastors are often right at, at the center of these conversations and um, uh issues and uh scandals uh, tragically um, as well so um I thought to start um Joel. You wrote the editorial for uh, this theme. And for our editorials, they're not crazy robust. They're just kind of a way of uh, raising some questions and and, um, introducing the topic for our our themes. Um, But the purpose of our conversation on the podcast today is just uh, the two of you. um, Both of you have experience uh, teaching and training pastors in the context of the academy, extensive experience doing that and uh both of you have uh extensive experience uh pastoring in local churches as well um and you're not i don't, I don't you're, <laughs> neither of you are crazy young guys uh so you've been at this for a little bit <laughs> that's a nice um, way to put it thank you yeah so <laughs> so uh you know i i think our vision is that um Joel to start you can kind of set this up and you're thinking in the editorial and and the title for the theme that came out of that, but then we're just going to have a conversation around power in as it relates to life in the church and pastoral ministry in particular. So, um, Joel, why don't you start and just um, introduce uh, what you were thinking when you wrote the editorial, as well as uh, this connection to Mark ten. I wonder if you could talk that out <laughs> a little bit.
2: Yeah. So I think obviously, if you if you serve in the pastorate, you're reflecting on the nature of pastoral authority. You're you're reflecting on how to how to lead people. Um, what does it what does it mean as pastors to lead people? And so the Mark ten forty two and forty three passage where Jesus is describing to his disciples what what. Their mission, their calling as pastors is going to be, in terms of their relationship to authority, he, he makes this distinction between how the Gentiles lead, lording over authority, and how they are to lead. And in that little phrase in the NIV is, uh, is he talks about the Gentile leadership is, is this kind of leadership that he then says, not so with you and that that phrase just has it's been in my mind as a pastor over the years, but I think over the last months, maybe the last year as so much attention has been given to these kinds of abuse scandals that keep rolling out into the life of the church. It's just a passage i've been I've been coming back to, and so when i sat down to to write as we were thinking about doing this giving this some attention at the center for pastor theologians that phrase was just very much in my mind and really the the question is why is it so often with us that that we're seeing pastors and it's not a new phenomenon it's just getting a lot more attention but we we've seen this of pastors who lead in ways that are that are the contrary to the vision that Jesus has laid out. And and so it just felt to me like it would be a, a helpful way, at least for me to f- kind of frame it in my own mind and, and for us to kind of be thinking about it. So um, yeah, that was the kind of the motivation behind the the editorial and and I think just really wanting to dig in, you know, you've got the the theoretical, and then as you're living it out as a pastor, you're trying to sort out what does this really mean for me to lead, but in a different way than the Gentiles? And what does it mean now for the church in the midst of all these things that we're embroiled in and that people are, are seeing about us? What does it mean for us to really
0: rethink that in a, in a new and in a fresh way right now? I mean, it's interesting that that passage in Mark does a good job, or Jesus at least does, tells us what it is not. It's not like this. And it just kind of begs the question, then what, what, positively, like, what, what is it then? Like, what does it look like to lead as Jesus led? And getting to even maybe what Zach was saying at the beginning, I think this question of power is raging through our whole culture, whether it's with the role of police officers Uh, In regard to minorities, whether it's with uh, governors of New York or any other state, uh, regarding what government control, uh, regarding science and vaccines and mandates, I mean, the Me Too movement in secular culture and Hollywood, I mean, it is all over, and it's rightly so, that's just trickled right into the church and so we have this passage where the Lord himself says this shouldn't be like the Gentiles do. This should, there should be a specifically Christian and maybe even arguably a pastoral way of shepherding and leadership that should look different. And then maybe that's the question. What's the positive Jesus was implying? Hey, everybody. Just a
1: quick note about the CPT's annual theology conference for 2021. The theme this year is Confronting Racial Injustice, Theory and Praxis for the Church. This event will take place on October 18th to 20th at Calvary Memorial Church just outside of Chicago. Plenary speakers include Charlie Dates, Eric Redmond, Esau McCully, Raymond Chang, Cherith V. Nordling, Gregory Thompson, and Love Seacrest. You can register and find more information at cptconference.com. Then the passage, of course, goes on to that, the, uh, I think, one of the most famous statements Jesus ever said, whoever wants to be first among you must be your servant. So it, it, um, you know, it pivots into this quote unquote, certain servant leadership, um, uh, mode of Christian leadership or Christian exercise of authority, um, But I don't know, something that I've been thinking about as I was reflecting on, you know, just as curating all of this and reflecting on this passage, Joel, as you put it up there. I don't feel like there's been a lack of, maybe this is just my experience. I don't think there's been a lack of emphasis, frankly, on like leading like Jesus as a servant. And like, that's something that's talked about a lot in churches. It's talked about a lot. In ministry training, at least, you know, for me in Bible college and grad school, um, people talk a lot about servant leadership. Um, And uh, another thing I'm, well, yeah, maybe we can save that for now. Um, Yeah, so what, I mean, you guys have both taught in seminaries. um, And... How does this figure figure in what is on the flip side of, of this, not like the Gentiles, but instead leading as a servant. Um. So
2: I, as I was back thinking about, about this passage and this contrast that, that we're raising uh, it, following what the contrast that, that Jesus is raising, it was interesting to me. It, it, when he's talking about the Gentiles, you know that those who regard, regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their their high officials exercise authority over them. There, there's there's no kind of asterisk on that exercise authority. He's honing in on the very exercise of authority. Um, and it's not they exercise authority in this particular way. You are to exercise authority in another way. Yes. He doesn't use that same language, right? He turns it from the exercising of authority to being a servant. And a servant, obviously, in this time and in this place, doesn't have any formal authority. There's they, there's nothing implicit about their place that gives them some kind of of worldly authority or structural authority. And I've just been, I, I've been wrestling with that of saying what is the statement that Jesus is making, not just about the nature of authority and what, you know, is there a Christian authority that's better than Gentile authority, but our fundamental relationship to authority as a as a concept, right? And as an idea, and how is, how is this really turning that on its head, really turning that question? Maybe in ways as we've talked about servant leadership, my experience, it's been, you take authority, but you do it, you do it better, or you do it, you do it a little bit differently. Yes. And I'm, I'm wrestling, I, uh, just kind of in my, you know, in my own reflection on this, wondering if Jesus is saying something even way more different than that. It's not just there's, you know, authority is neutral and you can either do it in a good way or you can do it in a bad way that you're moving from a position of authority to servanthood. There isn't, there isn't inherent worldly authority in being a servant. Uh, And so when we see these power struggles in the broader culture, we should expect that, right? That's, that's the Gentiles. That's the way that power in the world works. And Jesus is saying yours, what you're going to do in the world is not just a kind of a better version of that. What you're going to do in the world takes you way
0: away from that. I, I wonder if even if we were like to kind of try to put our finger on a biblical theology of authority, like how would, mm. how would scripture define authority? I mean, certainly authority would be derived authority. Like there would be no no pastor, no leader would have an authority in their own innate self. Not not even we as image bearers of God, we were vice regents, right? We we, we never had an innate authority. We were creatures representing the creator. Pastors are under shepherds of the chief shepherd. You could even argue, and maybe this is where structure, I'd be interested to have that kind of a conversation of how a church can structure to avoid some of the crises that we're seeing with power, but that there should be a shared authority. Like, could could you argue that biblically that authority is something that's shared? It's certainly shared with God as a subset, a derived authority. But is it then shared with the church, whether we're talking about the nature of congregational churches or even just a plurality of leaders or levels of accountability? uh, But then even arguably authority would be submitted, that we would be submitting to one another as to the Lord. You see this in almost every dynamic. in in the biblical dynamic of human relationships. And you just assume that would be the case between brothers and sisters in the church, co-elders, shared pastoral leadership. So yeah, I I wonder if when the Bible speaks about authority, it's really got this nuanced, submitted, shared, uh, derived sense that I think we can lose. And to be honest with you, and maybe I struggle with the word more than you guys do, but leadership bothers me sometimes. Like, I'm not sure what to do with the word leader. Like, I feel like that... That has its own baggage. And you'll notice that leader, Mickey, t- leadership's not even in our passage today.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, d- dig into that a little bit more. I'd love to hear, like, what is some of your, your anxiety around that around that phrase? Because we use that so regularly, and it's not even questioned within kind of our, our Christian leadership circle. So I'd love just to hear a little bit more of your, yeah. your and, and um, just- reflections
1: on that. Yeah. And before, and maybe this is what you're getting at, Mickey, I, I think share a similar, like, eh, feeling recently, I'll say recently, as I think I've been processing a lot of these things with, with a lot of people, but like leadership, is that a, is that an especially biblical term? I, I, like I struggle to think of lead passages, um, you know, that kind of have this as. You know, prescribing a a type of leadership or even prescribing leadership in general, of course, there are models of leadership, I suppose you could say, but yeah, so unpack unpack your uneasiness well, with that that term yeah
0: i think I think for me when I shifted from the academy to the church just just a little over seven years ago when i was I was mainly going to my academic conferences where discussions where leadership topics weren't being addressed. And then I start going to pastoral conferences and I just hear the Mm -hmm. word everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's the term used. I don't even necessarily hear the word pastor or pastoral. I certainly don't hear the word shepherd, maybe in a counseling kind of context, but when it comes to the running of a church, I hear organizational categories, the same that could be used in kind of the secular world. And I worry that there is just baggage that is stuck to that, that we have a hard time escaping. I even worry about the language of servant leadership because we're just trying to qualify an already difficult term and maybe, maybe, may, maybe a bad one, if, if it's fair to say. Um, so. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm wrestling with As I,
2: you know, earlier I was saying in this passage is, it seems like we've taken a Gentile authority. We, we, we're trying to make it more Christian by calling it servant authority. And that seems to me something very different than what Jesus is actually doing in this passage where he's driving us to you're leaving a whole way that the world operates to go do something else entirely than that, but we seem to be often kind of holding on to that that gentile authority and trying to baptize it. And trying to make it better, and you know, the question is the the language of leadership. That w- I've not done the the word study on it to really dig in, but I, I certainly think the kind of metaphors the the what the scriptures are are putting before us of what the pastoral call is. Shepherding is a f- is the far more prominent term for for what pastors are called to do. And again, that's a very different thing than
0: even servant leadership, it seems to me. But I feel, And I feel like the danger then, I mean, resonating with what you're saying, I feel like the danger is if leadership is the primary category, and if we look at book, book subtitles or titles, you're going to see that term all over the place, then potentially there's some baggage that needs to be cleared away or some practices that need to be changed to reflect more, a, call it a biblical theology of what it means to be a pastor and a shepherd. And, and and maybe there's just a a bunch of work for this generation to do, to to speak and direct them that way.
2: And I think we're whether we want to or not, we're being forced to by what's what's happening in in our evangelical church culture. You know, I, not not every pastor is an abusive, toxic person who's creating abusive, toxic categories. And I, I think and, we and should. Inv-
1: and in, in point saying, of fact, we should most be, are not, I yeah, like, I yeah. want to underscore that most are not. And, and I think it's important I, to
2: acknowledge that yeah. in this conversation of not, not taking some of the examples that we see and making that the predominant thing. But I do think the, the vision, you know, Mickey was talking about going to, to church, uh, conferences, uh, conferences. The, the what what is being promoted there is a very certain kind of leadership and very certain kinds of leaders who get the platform and i think that that is part of the the generational work that we have to do to ask what what is driving that what is what is going on in that, why has that been the thing that has gotten the predominance in the church over the past however many decades? It's been
0: well. It's certainly not. It's certainly not just definition of the leader or pastor that's getting that. I mean, to be fair, just my read. Right, this a smaller data sample, but my experience has been the entire activity of the church has been kind of defined in conferences, in books, in studies, arguably even in our seminaries, with a business model. I'll never forget my, 2015, I'd been a pastor for about only a year, was at a conference, uh, a small pastors gathering near near Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Uh, A well-known speaker was there, one of our co-pastors wanted to go, I went along with, and he started this like four-hour conversation saying, I'm going to tell you three things you need to do to minister for the glory of God in your church. And I was so excited, waiting to hear what this would be. And here were the three things. They covered three areas. The parking lot, the sound system, and ministry to children, specifically security. Like, I heard nothing of a classic pastoral theology. I heard nothing necessarily about the gospel. In fact, I could imagine a Chick-fil-A would give some similar suggestions Regarding engaging with children in parking lots. Now, again, I'm not saying there isn't some truth to that, but there's something lost when that is what's being envisioned for developing people to serve in pastoral ministry. They are becoming executives of an organization, they are becoming, in that sense, leaders. They have lost connection to what it means to be a pastor or a shepherd. And, and I worry that the conferences are only uh, funneling that kind of category and those kind of metaphors into the hearts of the people leading our churches.
1: Mm. not exactly and
0: Richard that,
2: <laughs> I was going to say, under, underneath that vision of pastoral leadership is, I mean, you've just put your finger on a whole ecclesiology that has come to dominate the evangelical world. Uh, that is, if if this is what our vision of the church is, then you do need centralized leadership. You, you do need a, an authority structure that ultimately will make its way to the top of having a single person in that position That that may have in some way some accountability, and that will oftentimes depend on the person, the people, but it 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 positions the senior leader in a place that I think it makes it far harder to lead as Christ is calling his shepherds to serve, um, and so we have we have a an ecclesi- ecclesiological question that intersects with a pastoral theology question, uh, all of which are kind of the recipe for creating a vision of leadership that uh, is unfortunately very easy to be abused and to bring on the categories of the broader
0: culture around us. Yeah, that you're, you're, and you're speaking it when you're saying that, in a sense, my summary of what you're saying is that the office of the pastor is a subset of this larger doctrine of the church, and all of those things are are working against uh some of the things that Jesus is speaking about in our our passage in Mark chapter 10 I, yeah totally agree
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to tune in next week for the rest of our conversation with Joel Lawrence and Mickey Klink. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CPT Podcast, a theology podcast for the church. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider throwing us a like, sharing the podcast online, subscribing, leaving a review. Uh, Anything like that would go a long way towards helping other people hear about the podcast. Uh, The CPT Podcast is a ministry of the Center for Pastor Theologians. You can learn more about the CPT By visiting us at PastorTheologians.com You can also find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter Our host for today's episode was Todd Wilson Our producer and editor was Trenton Jones Our music was composed by Andrew Gerlacher I'm Zach Wagner, thanks for listening